0: Look back if the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Heritage here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. And first off here today, as you can see, I'm in a, a little bit of an office transition right now. Uh, so getting my setup all worked out. So if you see me looking over here on my other screen, I just don't have everything quite lined up just yet. But thank you again to everybody who tuned in for our thousandth VRA Investing Podcast yesterday, and a special thank you to Wayne Allen Root for joining us for that podcast yesterday. It was a a very fun, very informative, um, from Wayne's perspective, on everything that's happening in this country right now. So, thank you again to Wayne Allen Root for being on there with us. If you haven't seen it yet, you can find it on Rumble, Uh, you can find it on our other platforms as well, YouTube. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere out there. Uh, But I mentioned Rumble specifically because they've done such a great job this far in supporting the First Amendment, unlike other platforms like YouTube or Twitter or uh, many other ones out there that aren't in that same boat. So that's part of a platform that we want to be a part of here at the VRA. Uh, So if you haven't signed up there yet, go check it out. Rumble.com, set up an account there. Uh, go follow us there. And uh, as always, we'd love to have you with us. Um, but diving into our markets on the day today, it was a busy day for our markets today. We had the Fed meeting, uh, a lot of economic announcements, and big moves in the market overall today. So, I'm gonna jump right in here as this morning we got the latest November retail sales numbers. As we've come to expect from most economists, they were off the the estimates were off by quite a bit here numbers coming in from November at a three tenths of one percent versus estimates of eight tenths of one percent higher uh the previous month was revised higher, but when you take into the other accounts here that taken that exclude excuse me things like food, cars, building materials gas stations, those were actually negative on the month versus an expectation of gains of 0.7%. So going into futures trading this morning, the market was already lower. Once this news came out, the market looked like it wanted to keep heading lower from there and really pretty normal setup ahead of a Fed meeting, especially when you have Jay Powell. But what was interesting today is that once the Fed minutes were released at at 1 p.m. Eastern time, the market started to take a turn. And then when Jay Powell started speaking, the market continued heading higher from there. That is a rare day for Jay Powell. Bespoke did the research on this. We did it actually, I did it about a year and a half ago and found that roughly 90% of the time that Jay Powell took the microphone The market's headed lower, almost to the dot of when he began speaking. Uh, And so so what Bespoke found is that he is still, to date, the worst Fed, Fed chairman since at least 1994. It's going back about four or five Fed chairs now. He is the worst. There's not a close second. The market does maybe flounders a little bit. He's maybe in pace with others leading up to the press conference. But once the press conference starts... The market takes a dive, and that is a oh, can only be attributed to Jay Powell in that regard, because it hasn't been the same under Bernanke, under Yellen, Greenspan, uh, and so it's it's been phen- <laughs> really interesting to watch. But today was a different one for Jay Powell, uh, finally able to break that. Uh, Series that he had of negative press conferences as far as selling off in the market goes, and so obviously that wasn't the case for our markets today. Strong day for our markets. And if you've been tuning in with us here, or if you're a VRA member, you know, this is what we've been talking about for about the last week or so this sell the rumor, buy the news event, the opposite of what it typically is, right? The buy the rumor, sell the news event. Well. The news here, as everybody expected, was that they're going to definitely be tapering and possibly accelerating that taper, and maybe even announcing an interest rate hike. They did not announce an interest rate hike today, or for any time in the future. They did not give a specific timeline, but they did announce that they will be accelerating. They're doubling. The amount of monthly purchases that they are tapering, going from $15 billion a month in taper to now $30 billion a month, and that should wrap up the entire taper by mid-March of this year. So going from, it was supposed to be May or June timeframe to wrap up the taper, now speeding that up to March. And really, the market, obviously, as we ended higher on the day, shrugged it off pretty well. The 10-year was actually up 1.74%. Still... Nothing major at a 1.46, but we still remain in the camp. And I know that many of you watching this are in our smart money group here would agree that they are not going to be able to taper in 2022. That's how we see it here, uh, especially as we head into an economy that is slowing in 2022. And I wanted to be careful as I say that. That doesn't mean that we're headed into a recession. It doesn't mean that we're calling for a market sell-off. Simply that the economy will be slowing. We've come from a tremendous growth cycle, going back to the lows of coronavirus insanity. Uh, you know, a lot of that was thanks to Trump. Obviously, Biden administration is still riding a lot of those coattails here. But now we're going to transition into what many have been calling, we certainly have been, the third term of Obama. Remember, Obama didn't have more than two consecutive quarters in a row, didn't even have two consecutive quarters in a row of positive, 2% plus, plus positive GDP growth. The only president that that's ever happened under. So, with that in mind, we think that we're looking at a repeat of that, but you have to look at what the stock market did under Obama. Just a slowing economy does not necessarily mean a negative impact on the stock market. The stock market is not the economy, as we've heard so many times over the last 20 months or so now. Uh, So, again, to kind of recap there, yes, the economy will slow, and what the big worry here is that the Fed is going to make a policy error here by tapering too fast, by going to raise interest rates too fast and create a duplicate of what we saw in 2018 where they raised rates eight times leading to the December from hell. Not saying that's going to be this December, but it could happen later next year as they start to get aggressive in this taper as they've just started doing and possibly raising interest rates. But on the plus side here, and there is a big plus to this, you might have seen some of these stats out there today. This is thanks to Ed Hyman and team over at Evercore and that's the hopeful side of this, and that is that the market doesn't peak when the Fed begins begins tightening. The market peaks as tightening is ending. So take a look at this. From 2004 to 2007, the Federal Reserve hiked rates from 1% to 5.25%. Now, I don't think they're going to get anywhere near that ballpark given today's circumstances, certainly after all the financial uh, financial engineering that has taken place over the last 20 months. Uh, I'll get to that here more in a second. But a lot of people looked at that, those rate hikes, a lot of economists, and said that was the real, that was kind of the The kickoff point for what caused the financial crisis. Now, of course, there were the loose credit policies, the scandals around junk bonds and and real estate markets as a whole. But that Federal Reserve move accelerated that timeline. If they hadn't done that, they might have been able to kick the can further down the road for better or worse. But moral of the story here is that from 2004 to 2007, again, when they raised rates from 1% to 5.25%, the two years that the Fed was raising rates, the S&P rallied 12%. And when they stopped raising rates for the year after that, the S&P rallied 23%. So 15 months later is when we got the peak and we finally, the market peaked in 2007. So again, if you're looking at The impact on tapering and raising rates, we expect it to be very similar here. The effect isn't felt for about a year after the move has been made, whether it's QE or uh, raising interest rates. So good news is we're at the beginning of the cycle here. Really, the bad news comes at the end of a cycle like that. And that's all things considered. We think that the policy error probably comes sooner rather than later where they end up reversing course. I mean, look at things all over the world. The Fed has really backed themselves in the corner with this financially engineered economy that they have here. This almost zombie economy, if you want to call it that. Uh, We've already seen it from the Bank of England. They're backing backing out. They're not saying that now is the time to be raising rates. Uh, You look at Brazil. They started raising rates and a lot of by a lot of metrics, are back into a recession now. Their markets, based based off the ETFs, are down some 28% from their highs since they started raising rates. So overall, I think we're going to continue towards the path of the Japanification of the United States, where we've seen this 40 plus year trend of bond yields falling. As As a technician, there's nothing more important than a repeating pattern. And now we have 40 years of repeating pattern and falling bond yields. Uh, So to say that we're going to buck that course, uh, I think it's a little too soon to tell and we would be leaning to the side of no here. But all right. So on that note, again, Fed keeping rates unchanged, accelerating tapering, but the markets again, shrugged it off pretty well. Flat going into futures, a little negative going into futures this morning, a little lower after those retail sales numbers, then after the Fed meeting, it was off to the races. And that was the turn that Kip was talking about in his podcast on Monday and our write-ups to members. If you're a member here with us, if not, come and join us at VRAinsider.com. We've got a 14-day free trial going on right now. Uh, but going into the month of December, take a step back here. The beginning of September is typically a week month. There's tax loss selling for year-end, right? Uh, That's exactly what we've seen Time and time again At the beginning of December But then the turn takes place Around mid-December Where we see a major rally Into year-end Into the Santa Claus rally Which is the last five days of the year And the first two Of the following year In small caps typically lead the way during all of this. Uh, So that's what we expect here going into year-end. This is seasonally the best time to be in the market. Really now, until May, uh, we'll have ups and downs along the way, but in our view, dips need to be keep being bought here, Um, especially as we see the fear and greed index. Where did it finish today? I gotta gotta see this. I bet it actually finished a little bit higher. Uh, We were in extreme fear territory this morning. We finished the day, now that we're up you know, 2% on the NASDAQ, um, taking a look here, let's get a load. Well, we'll take a look at this again when it loads here. Uh, but really what we've seen as well since the beginning of December and really the end of November has been another one of these mini corrections that we've talked about all year. I did a video on this in January or February where we thought most of this year we'd see these mini corrections where the mega caps lead, taking our markets to all-time highs. When the mega caps get overbought, that's when the smaller names come over and make their move, The, the forgotten sectors, if you will. They make their move and keep the markets at least near an all-time high. We've seen that exactly play out this month where the mega caps like Apple are hitting all-time highs, but you see massive levels of stocks selling off under the surface. I think it was something uh, like 35% of the NASDAQ was down 50% or more uh, going into this week or last week. I mean... and That is a correction under the surface, a silent correction, uh, like we've been calling it here. So this has been another one of those mini rotations and see if we can't get a broad rally here into year end. So looking at our major indexes on the day, we were led by the NASDAQ up 2.15%, excuse me there, uh, to 15,565. We were followed there by the small caps up 1.65% to 2195 Next up was the S&P 500, up 1.63% to 4,709. And lastly, the Dow Jones, up 1.08% to 35,927. Looking at our internals on the day today. This is one area that really had us concerned at the open this morning, kind of especially knowing Jay Powell's history, that the sell-off could have gotten worse because the internals were ugly. On new 52-week highs and lows, we were right up against, as you'll see here in a second, the numbers that we saw last week, which were the highest since March of 2020, since the coronavirus insanity sell-off. So that... You know, it was something that we were certainly watching for here, but we got that same turn around midday today. Advancing stocks were able to beat out declining stocks on both the NYSE and the NASDAQ. NASDAQ almost 2-1 to one positive on the day. New 52-week highs to lows, as I mentioned, were our weak spot. But also, this is a lagging indicator. So this morning, when we had the sell-off, all of those names that hit new 52-week lows get counted here for the day. And then even if they finished well off of those lows after the close, they still get counted on today's record. So just good point uh, for today's um, what we're seeing today in this indicator. But NYSE finishing just over 3 to 1 negative, but new 52-week highs lows on the NASDAQ. We had 634 stocks hitting 52-week lows today. The record since coronavirus insanity was about 750. So we're in that ballpark again uh, to the opposite side that you want to see. But hopefully, you know, as we've been seeing here, this rally that I've been talking about into year end that we get, We won't see that low from last week here again then lastly volume came in positive for the nyse and almost two to one positive for the nasdaq on the day today looking at our sectors on the day this really was a strong indicator here we finished with 10 out of our 11 s p 500 sectors higher on the day with a number of all-time highs. As we say here often, new highs begets new highs. So we were led by tech today. Makes sense as the NASDAQ was higher, very close to an all-time high there, followed by healthcare, which hit an all-time high. Utilities also hitting an all-time high today. Real estate also hitting an all-time high today. Uh, And then we had one more consumer staples also hit an all-time high today. Our one laggard was energy. And finally, for today, our VRA commodity watch gold now up 0.34% to 1,778 an ounce. Silver now up 0.65% to $22.06 an ounce. Copper down on the day just over two tenths of 1% to $4.24 a pound. And oil up 1.17% to $71.56 a barrel. Lastly for today, Bitcoin. Looked like it was going to have a bit of a rough day this morning too, but was able to hold on to its 200 day moving average, rallying now up 2.78% on its way back to 50,000 at 49,129 of Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com, click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.